weekend. Jake Madison is his guest. Have a great weekend. From the dog catch to the gubda, they all got to go. Catch the three tailgaters show with Ken Trahan and Ed Daniels on Saturday mornings from 10 to noon on 1061 Nash Icon, WRKN, Picayune, New Orleans. Good evening and welcome to All Access on 1061 FM Nash Icon at NashFM1061.com. Presented by CrescentCitySports.com, the best sports site in Louisiana. All Access is also presented by the All-State Sugar Bowl, representing the best of amateur athletics. And by Francesca by Katie's, serving up St. Louis-style food with a New Orleans flair. All Access is also brought to you by Lamarck Ford and Lamarck Lincoln in Kenner. By Bergeron Automotive in Metairie. By LifeGate Church in Mandeville in Metairie. By Premier Automotive throughout the New Orleans area. John Curtis Christian School in River Ridge. By Life Resources Ministries with outreaches throughout the New Orleans area and by the RNL Carriers New Orleans Bowl. It's your chance to talk intelligent sports, all sports, all the time. To join in the conversation, call 504-260-1061. Now here's your host, Cumulus New Orleans Sports Director Ken Trahan of CrescentCitySports.com, the Saints Hall of Fame Museum, and the Kenner Star. And a pleasant good evening and welcome to another edition of All Access, the Friday night edition here on 1061 FM. Nash Icon, we're on the web at NashFM1061.com. Tune in app available for you anywhere in the world to listen in, wherever you might be, via iHeart. Our podcast available at CrescentCitySports.com. Immediately following the shows, just click on more and click on podcast if you want to listen to what we had to say. You can always email me at Ken at CrescentCitySports.com. Or feel free to call the show at 504-260-1061. That's 260-1061. Love to hear from you as we march on. Later on in the show, we'll hit the Saints. Of course, the NFL playoffs extensively. College basketball, quite a bit of that. We'll get into it as well. We start off the show tonight by talking about the New Orleans Pelicans, who continue to show improvement. There's a light at the end of the tunnel. Willie Green has, I think, done a good job, has communicated well. And his players are buying in, and his players are playing better, too. I think the record reflects that after the awful start that this team had. Joining us now to talk about that, from Locked On Pels, does an outstanding job. It's been a while, but it's great to welcome Jake Madison to the show. Jake, listen, thank you. Good to have you with us. Of course. Thanks for having me on and talking some hoops. Yeah, I'm at a hoops high school doubleheader right now. That's the noise in the background. Never get enough basketball, so... It's all good. Uh, listen, last night, I, I guess my conclusion from last night, more than anything else, is can they get the Clippers on the schedule like 10 times this year? You know, they won their last five games against that team. Well, that's a big, pretty banged-up Clippers team that looks like they're ready to mail in this season. The previous time, they've had a guy like Paul George or Kawhi Leonard playing some of the best in the league, so the Pelicans really have their number, but they thoroughly dismantled the Clippers last night. That was a big win that keeps them half a game out of the playing tournament right now. So, as you said, right, things have kind of turned around and the ship seems a little bit right and they're headed in a positive direction. Circumstances are what they are, and... When they started the way they started, I think all of us were like, this is a disaster waiting to happen with the whole preseason shenanigans with the organization and Zion Williamson. Then the fact that no one knew when he was going to play. At this point, before we talk more about what they're doing, do you feel as though that it's, it's kind of a moot point that this guy might not even play this entire season? 
you know, there's still so much uncertainty around it that, yeah, it, I think you would be foolish not to feel that way to some degree. I think that's kind of the pervasive feeling around the organization, around the fan base right now. You know, Zion's not even with the team. He went to Portland, it sounds like, to kind of work out there for whatever reason. And while the team's saying it in a positive way that, you know, they sent him up there, they think this is the best for him. They'd want him around the team. You'd want him to be around these guys who are developing good chemistry. There seems to be just good vibes coming out of the team right now. You want him to be part of that and not to be a little bit further away from the team, you know, physically and, like, mentally, too, right? So I think when you kind of look at all the, the circumstances around it, it feels like he's not going to play this season. And it seems like everyone, for right now, has just moved on a little bit to try and focus on the past and hand of let's make the best of the situation, figure out what works for the group of guys that are here in the building, and let's go out and try and win some basketball games. Couldn't agree more, and I think that what we've seen is I think this team has moved on from him, and I don't mean that in the sense that they don't like him or they don't want him, but I think they, they simply have moved on from, well, we're waiting for our star to come back. Now, they're establishing their own identity. I think that's pretty clear. And you have some guys that have fit into roles very nicely. First and foremost, Jonas Valanciunas, I think, has been more than anyone expected him to be. Not that we didn't expect him to be solid, but he's been good and many nights very good, hasn't he? Yeah, you know, he's, he's just a solid basketball player. That's just the best way to describe him. He's going to go out, he's going to do his job, and he's going to be very good at doing his job. It might not be flashy. You know, he's not a guard that's going to go out and light it up, but he's going to get you some points down low. He'll be a bruiser in the paint. That's a big, important thing. He's, he's had moments where he's a little bit quiet in games. You've seen games where he takes only six or seven shots. That probably comes down to the Pelicans' guard play being lackluster versus him being lackluster. And so if they're active at the trade deadline if they do bring in another piece a lead guard of some sort it's only going to make his game even better so he's still got a pretty high ceiling and there's untapped potential that he's not even reaching right now with the new orleans pelicans and if he's able to unlock that if the team finds a way to put him in even more positions to succeed he's going to be really really good and he doesn't get enough credit around the league he's putting up better numbers than some of the centers that you'll see make the all-star team even though he won't get on there and that speaks to just kind of doing that dirty work, being a consummate professional, just going out and doing your job and not worrying about anything else. You brought up the next question. Does he deserve all-star consideration? The answer is definitively yes. Will he get it? The answer is not definitively, but it's probably no. And that's unfortunate yeah. because this is a team that's well under 500. This is a team that has Brandon Ingram, but I would make the argument that Ingram's missed games. Valanciunas has been out there most of the time. If you have one guy... I'd pick Valanciunas based upon the first half of the season, although Ingram is certainly the best player. You know, I think you make that argument. You know, the best, you know, uh, ability is availability, and that's certainly the case for Jonas Valanciunas. He's a game here and there, but nowhere near like what Brandon Ingram has gone through this season. You know, for both of those guys, the team's record is going to hold them back. Being under 500, having started 3-16, and 16, that doesn't look favorably. They're definitely not going to put two players from a sub-500 team on an all-star roster. You know, I think Brandon Ingram would probably be the guy that I would put on be uh, that I'd put on that squad. He's playing the best basketball of his career. When you watched him last night in the win over the Los Angeles Clippers, he just looked in command is the best way I think to describe it. He knew where everyone was going to be. He had trust in his teammates to make their shots when he passed them the ball. And you're seeing him be a bit of a point forward right now, 
facilitating the offense, dishing assists, creating for others. And he's just kind of in full command of his game and running this team offensively. And he's giving more of an effort than we've ever seen from him defensively, too. I think that's such a big aspect of how he's grown this year. He's playing the best basketball of his career. He's a named player that people pay attention to around the league. But because of the Pelicans' record, you know, he hasn't been on the, either of the first two returns when it comes to the NBA fan voting, which is 50% of getting onto an all-star roster. That's ultimately going to be what's holding him back. But he's playing better than the year that he did make the all-star team. The question was always, is Brandon Ingram that alpha dog? Is he that guy that can step up and be you know, the star, can step up and be the team leader? Look, he's always going to be a reserved, quiet type of guy and seemingly easygoing. But from a player's perspective, it certainly seems like he's embraced those balls. You know, certainly he wants to be the guy on the team. He might not be screaming. He might, might not be yelling at the refs like some other players you see around the league. But he's going to go out and try and make winning plays. You know, he's been a little bit maligned from not having some of the great clutch numbers, missing shots at the end of games, things like that. But at least he's willing to take that and not shine away from the moment and kind of embraces being given the ball and the responsibility to do that, which is not something that every player feels and wants to do. And so to kind of see him step up and do that, to see how hard he goes in practice, to try and kind of lead by example, it's very similar, I think, to Drew Holiday. He was not a very vocal player for this team, but everyone respected him. Everyone tried to follow his lead, his example. And you're seeing Brandon Ingram blossom into that type of player. Josh Hart, you know, elevated to a starting role, and he's accepted it and handled it very well. I always refer to him as the, the Energizer Bunny because he would come off the bench and just infuse this team with tremendous energy. Great rebounder for being a guard, but he's really flourished as a starter. He'll guard on the defensive end. The one thing that's noticeable is he's worked on his shot. He's a bit of a better shooter, though. His free throw shooting certainly needs to be more consistent. You know, he feels like a different player this year, and it's rare that you see a guy take this kind of leap and his game significantly changes, and he's a much different player than even years past. And I think a lot of that comes down to Willie Green. Willie Green has really empowered him to be a different kind of player in a way that Stan Van Gundy did not. Under Stan Van Gundy, he was relegated to just kind of standing in the corner and being a spot-up shooter and an outlet guy, and he didn't like that, and that's not the best role for him. He's not an amazing three-point shooter from the corners. He's more of a rhythm guy, I think. And so you've seen Willie Green use him as kind of a secondary playmaker. Willie Green has a lot of trust in him and his basketball intelligence, so he's empowering him to go out there and whip the ball around to drive at the basket and try and be aggressive, and if it's not if the look the rim isn't there, to kick it out to someone else or to dump it off, and you're seeing him embrace that role. He's averaging almost two assists more per game this season than he has ever had in his career. That's an incredible number and kind of speaks to the job that Willie Green has done, and Josh Hart being able to put some of kind of the bad taste of basketball here in New Orleans, you know, uh, forget about it and go out and play to the best of his ability. Devontae Graham is... I'm trying to figure out what the right word would be to use to describe his play. I think the answer would, the best I could come up with, is competent. He's not been overwhelming. He's not been underwhelming. He's good on some nights, not so good on others. But I think he's probably given them what they expected, correct? Yes and no. You know, he's a fine player. I think competent's a good way to describe it. But given the way that the offseason went, 
and kind of how they acquired him, it's probably going to come down to making him look a little bit more disappointing. He's going to kind of forever be linked with Lonzo Ball, right? Lonzo Ball, who's flourished in Chicago. They let Lonzo Ball go. They signed Devontae Graham to replace him. They also traded a first-round pick for him. You know, you've got to kind of factor that in, too. So while he's on a decent and pretty good contract, and he's giving you 37% from three, the fact that you could still have Lonzo Ball, you could still have that first-round pick you traded for him, kind of hampers it. It's due to no fault of his own. It's probably not fair to kind of put him in that context to a certain degree, but that's often how these things are going to be evaluated. So if you're going to give up a first-round pick for a guy, I would hope that it's going to be a guy that shoots 40% from three, a little bit better than what we've seen. And he's gotten to be a better shooter as the season's gone on. But he's subpar defensively, he's undersized, and he's not really a creator for anybody. He'll get some assists on certain nights, certainly, but he doesn't run the pick and roll. He's not a guy that's going to create open looks for someone like Jonas Valanciunas. He's a deadly outlet. He's going to be there from three if you need him, and we've seen him be willing to take big shots for the Pelicans. He's got a couple of game winners you know, in his pocket already. But it feels like you want a little bit more from him, and that's probably more due to how they acquired him than him being a bad player, I'd say. Disney with Jake Madison, locked on Pels. If there's one player on the roster that would be best described as maddening, uh, some people might say Jackson Ace. I would say Nikhil Alexander-Walker because here we are three years in. We know he's long. We know he can get to the rim, finish with either hand. We know he's got skills, and everybody thought he'd take that next step. He was given a starting role, didn't hold it. There's those nights where he looks like that guy that could be a standout player, your second best player. And then there's those nights where you can't keep him on the floor. The shooting aspect and the decision-making are the two things that keep him from being the kind of player you hope he would be. He has to make better decisions. Sometimes he just takes shots that make you scratch your head. And, of course, the shooting itself is, is just not consistent enough from distance to fall in love with him. No, he's disappointing to just flat-out bad at times for New Orleans. You know, this was a guy that they needed to take a leap. You know, they banked a lot on internal improvement going into this season. They didn't make a splash in free agency like they wanted to. They did not get a guy like Kyle Lowry or Chris Paul. You know, their big free agent signing was Devontae Graham, who, as we just said, competent player, but not someone that's going to elevate you so much. It needed to be Nikhil Alexander-Walker showing growth in year three, and he has not shown that. And, it, you know, as you said, it's maddening, right? He's a very inconsistent player. He's not a good shooter whatsoever, yet he wants to take a lot of three-point shots. And sometimes he wants to take three-point shots that are early on in the shot clock or step-back threes, high-difficulty looks, or possessions that are basically wasted because they could have worked the ball around a little bit more to get a better shot. And he's not even letting the team do that. And I think these last two games from him really kind of highlight the disparity in play from him. In that win against the Minnesota Timberwolves, he didn't take one three. He tried to drive and attack the basket and create it for others, and he put up six assists in that game that ties his season high, and only the second time that he's done that. It's only the fourth game where he's had five or more assists. And then the next game that they play, this big win over the Los Angeles Clippers, he takes six threes, he misses all of them, he doesn't finish with one single assist. He had just had a good game that everyone was praising him for because he changed the way he played. And then immediately in the next game, reverts back to that bad style of ball that we've seen from him before. And to be able to go from one extreme to the next in a matter of two days, it makes you want to pull your hair out. And as a coach, I'm sure it's tough to rely on a guy like that. The problem is 
there's really no other option for the Pelicans to turn to when it comes to the bench for a guy like that. So they're going to keep playing him. And that's just the unfortunate reality of the situation. I'm glad you brought that up because I was going to bring it up. I thought his game against Minnesota might have been his best game of the season. And that's a game where he only scored nine points. He only took five shots. But you mentioned it. He was willing to make the pass, willing to create, had six assists, had a steal, and just accepted the role in doing the things uh, that his team required him to do. And then, of course, he turns around, takes 10 shots, including six three-pointers in 21 minutes, and can't make anything. So, yeah, that's why I described him as the most maddening guy on the team. He remains that way. But I think it's getting close to beyond the maddening stage. It's getting close to where you just don't know if you can count on this guy on a long-term basis. I'm, I think you're getting there, aren't you? Yeah, you know, he's extension eligible after this year. I can't imagine the Pelicans would offer an extension to him unless he plays incredibly well over the final, well, I think, 40 games now of the regular season. We'll see if that's the case. I'm not banking on it. But I wouldn't expect him to be offered an extension like they will offer Zion Williamson. And we'll see what, what happens with him next year, which is going to basically be make or break for his career to a certain degree. Jackson Hayes, I mentioned him previously, and of course started off very poorly and got sent to the bench, and Willie Hernan Gomez came in and did what he always does, played competently and gave you a chance and rebounded the ball and didn't take bad shots, but then most recently Hayes has reemerged as that backup center, and he's had some, some good moments. Now, on the, on the positive side, he's very young, and people, I think, need to understand that, where he's at age-wise, and Still, there's development. On the negative side, you know, have you really seen that development that you want to see from a guy that's three years in the league now? No, you haven't. You know, he, he hasn't been as bad as Nikhil has been, in my opinion, but he certainly hasn't shown a ton of growth, right? You, you haven't seen an outside shot really develop, though he's shown flashes of it at times. He made it three the other night. You know, he's a springy big that can play a little bit in the pick and roll that can finish some lobs. That's essentially kind of his role offensively. That's a useful guy to have, but he hasn't been the rim protector that people would have hoped. Again, shown flashes of it, but it's been inconsistent at best. He won't get an extension either this offseason from the Pelicans. And You know, he's a guy that really needs to commit to being better, I think is the best way to put it. We've seen him maybe feel like he's owed more respect around the league than anything he's shown out there on the court and deserves. So I'm going to be curious to see how he plays. He's got the backup center spot right now for New Orleans. It's his opportunity to really kind of make the most of it. He had a decent enough game against the Clippers, but it's really time to show that he's a rebounder or a shot blocker or something that you can look at him and go, that's his role in the league. That's what he should be doing. He hasn't really developed that yet, and he's got time still to do it over these 40 games or so to end the year. Alvarado's been forced into action with the injury to Kyra Lewis. And look, he's a hustle guy. He's never going to be, you know, the guy you really need, you know, that can that can give you offense, that can create a lot. But he plays hard. He hustles and he's willing to defend. So there's that, right? Look, I've been impressed with him. You know, he's undersized. He was undrafted. His ceiling isn't too high in the league. I think offense will be tough to come by for him. But he's definitely sees the backup point guard role. Then you should not see Tomas Sadaransky playing anymore. And that's what they needed. They needed a guy that could come in and be aggressive and try and create a little bit of easy offense for others. And he's actually done a pretty good job of that. 
you know, he was aggressive attacking the basket the other night against the Clippers. He dished out assists because of that. He's a bulldog on defense and going to annoy opponents, and you kind of love that little bit of fight in him. It's a fun player that, you know, for the backup point guard, you can deal with that right now. Is that ideal? No. Does it speak to the lack of depth on the Pelicans? Probably. But you know what? It's a fun player that kind of fits in with the, the really try-hard mentality of this team right now. And I mentioned Kyra Lewis. It's unfortunate what happened to him because that's another guy we don't know about. We'd love to find out more about him. He's intriguing last year and then early this year from the perspective of when the ball leaves his hands, the shot always looks good. It just doesn't go in nearly as much as you think it's going to. There's no questioning his quickness and his speed. We don't really know about him yet, but there's still potential there, right? Yeah, you know, they expect he'll make a full recovery. He was one of the younger players in his draft class, so there's still plenty of time, and it's just an unfortunate situation. And then, of course, the one name I saved was Herb Jones, for, for an obvious reason. He, to me, along with Valentunas, has been the, you know, the, the saving grace and the brightest spot on this team. It's interesting because I'm not always right. I've been wrong a lot, but on draft night when they picked him, I... I, I put out immediately that that was a great choice. Watched him play in college a bunch of times. You know, he's the SEC Player of the Year, SEC Defensive Player of the Year, and he never scored a lot. But that's because he didn't try to, and they never asked him to. But the ability was there. And the way he's already worked on his outside shot tells you that this guy is going to be a really good player. Uh, I mean, I don't think anybody would have called him a 3 and D player. He's not that yet, but he's getting there with his perimeter shot. We know he's resourceful around the around the block and the painted area with the left or right hand. And we know how good of a defender he is. He clearly has to be the story on this team. He's one of the biggest ones. He's been such a fine for New Orleans, as much maligned as the front office has been. This is something they can really hang their hat on. It's a bona fide starter that you get in the second round, and that is a very, very rare thing to find. I don't think people really understand the degree that second-round picks do not work out in the NBA almost at all. And you've got a guy who's starting his rookie year. That's an incredible thing to be able to do. He's one of the better defenders from this rookie class, probably in the upper third of the league as a whole. That's not easy to do. And as you said, his offense has started to come along. You know, the Pelicans clearly had a plan. Draft him, let him play defense, and slowly bring him along offensively. He's a very smart basketball player. Knows when to make the right cut to provide an outlet or an option for Brandon Ingram or whoever has the ball in their hands. His three-point shot has gotten better. That's going to help him really stick in the league and be a starter for a long, long time. Then, of course, Garrett Temple. Uh, you know, some, some good nights, maybe not quite enough. A veteran presence. You like having that on your team. Obviously, he's been a good defender throughout his career. But ideally, if there are any minutes there, I think a lot of people would like to see Trey Murphy get those minutes. But Murphy has yet to earn those minutes. Yeah, it's, it speaks to the lack of depth for New Orleans. I don't think Garrett Temple has been very good this year. Offensively, he's been very, very inconsistent. Defensively, he's been subpart of what he's been through his career. I think the, the biggest thing that he brings to this team is that kind of veteran leadership. You see him talking to these young guys out there on the court during timeouts, almost kind of being a pseudo-coach for the team. Um, and that, there's, there's, there's a big usefulness for that here on this roster with young guys and kind of a lack of basketball intelligence, something he does have. But certainly you'd like to see those minutes go to Trey Murphy. But as you said, he hasn't deserved them yet. Willie Green is going to play the guys who give him the best chance to win in. Right now, that is a guy like Garrett Temple over Trey. 
you mentioned Alexander Walker being maybe the biggest disappointment, but Murphy, you know, and people ask me, is he a bust? No, he's not a bust. It's too early. Uh, did they expect him to do more at this stage? Absolutely. But again, I, I caution people all the time. It's like NFL training camp when you talk about the NBA Summer League. Everybody gets caught up and excited about a guy having a good camp in the NFL. Then the season starts, and you don't even hear from the guy. Well, the Summer League is like that to a degree as well. I think people got overly excited about what Trey Murphy showed in Las Vegas. Not to take anything away from what happens in Las Vegas, but you have to take that with a grain of salt and not put too much stock in it, and I think that's kind of what we've seen. Yeah, that, that's going to be the case for anything when it comes to Summer League. You do not want to read too much into those results. If a guy struggles in Summer League, that's one thing. If they overachieve and play great in Summer League, it just means they belong in the NBA because a lot of those players they're playing against aren't even going to be playing professional basketball the next year. They're guys that are a bit more or less just signed off the street to provide some bodies and kind of practice fodder, I think. So you de- never want to read too much into Summer League. There's still plenty of time for Trey Murphy to develop and to kind of start making his three-point shots to be a better defender. He's a rookie. They usually struggle. Herb Jones is very, very much an outlier, and we shouldn't put the same expectations on Trey Murphy, who certainly has shown the skills that he'll be a productive player, I think, in the NBA. And then, of course, Willie Green, just to comment on him. I just think the guy, I said he was a good hire in my estimation when they hired him. He's a character guy. He's young and can communicate. He's been around some outstanding coaches in his young career already. He played the game extensively. He's not too far removed from that. I think he relates to players well. But I also think he's learned well on the job. I think you've already seen improvement. He certainly figured out who his, his starting five were and a rotation, and, and that wasn't the easiest thing either. I just think it was a plus-plus. Look, it, it's not a... Uh, it's not a situation where I just want to sit here and slam Van Gundy all night, but never thought he was a good hire. Didn't work out well. I think this is night and day in terms of communication, in terms of relation, even in terms of parceling out playing time to players. It's a dramatic improvement. Uh, significantly. It's, it's night and day from Stan Van Gundy to Willie Green, who really commands the respect of these guys, something that Stan Van Gundy never managed to achieve with this group of players. You know, he, he's a strong communicator. Being a former player and a recent former player at that, he's able to relate to these guys a whole lot more. I think that's been a really big part of it. And he's shown that you'll play if you're the right guy. How many times were we bemoaning the fact that Eric Bledsoe was playing last season for New Orleans? Even when he admitted he wasn't paying attention to the coach and they lost the game because of that, he still started the next game. There were no consequences from that. So I think players were in there very confused about, if I play well, why am I not getting more minutes? And Willie Green has shown, if you're the right guy and you're playing well, he will play you. He's starting a rookie second-round pick that should say it all. And I think that kind of speaks to the job and his feel for just this roster, this team, and what you've got to do to succeed in the NBA. Looking at the NBA standings, visiting with Jake Madison for a couple more minutes just to talk about the league before we let him get away. In the Eastern Conference, is it strictly a three-team race with the Bucks, Bulls, and Nets, or is there an outlier, or can the Heat really be that team if they can stay healthy with the way their individual parts are playing this year? What are your thoughts about the East? You know, I still see it being the Nets and the Bucks still kind of proven otherwise. The Bulls are very, very good. They're overachieving a little bit. You wonder if there's going to be some regression or some sort of struggle at some point there, but they've been very, very good this season. 
you know, the Nets just have so much talent, and you're never going to write off the defending champions as long as they have Giannis and Drew Holiday and a lot of the talent that they have there, too. But the Heat are good. You know, Jimmy Butler is a star. Kyle Lowry was definitely the right pickup for them. They're getting Bam at a bio back from thumb surgery, so he's going to really improve their chances, too. And don't forget, they have one of the better coaches in the league in Eric Spolstra. You know, a multiple-time NBA champion with that squad, getting them to the finals on other occasions. He clearly knows how to push the right buttons. They're kind of the dark horse, but I'm not ready to elevate them into that upper tier of bona fide contenders coming out of the Eastern Conference. Yeah, Robinson can shoot, and Hero might be the sixth man of the year in the league. He just scores it every night, so they're good. They're, they're kind of like they were uh, the team that we saw in the bubble that made the finals as compared to the team we saw last year, but certainly I agree with you. I think the Bucks and the Nets are the teams to beat, and the Bulls would have a chance. If you're looking at disappointments in the East, you know, the Knicks obviously aren't what they were last year, but they're back to 500. Celtics aren't what they've been. They're at 500, but really the biggest disappointment has to be the Atlanta Hawks, who were so close last year to getting there. Nate McMillan did such a good job. This year, they have really scuffled to a 17-23 and 23 mark. They look more like the team before McMillan got them than the team after McMillan got them. You know, they had a little bit of luck in the playoffs, I think. You know, they caught teams kind of at the right time. They went up against the Philadelphia 76ers, who, you know, had Ben Simmons basically just choking the entire playoff series. That really helped them and probably kind of elevated them to a level that they weren't quite at yet. You know, they had some injuries early on in the year that kind of sorted the rotational problems for them out themselves. They might have just fixed that a little bit by trading away Cam Reddish to the New York Knicks. We'll see. They probably overachieved last year, and this is a little bit truer to the team that I was kind of expecting to see last season. We'll see if they can right the ship and kind of get to a middle ground. And in the Western Conference, I thought it was a three-team race all the way. Now I have to reconsider and maybe make it a four-team race because the Grizzlies keep proving me wrong every night. They just get better and better. They've won 11 in a row. John Moran is a transformational player. Pelicans are lamenting the fact that they don't have him, right? The Suns, the Warriors, and the Jazz are all about their legit, although Utah's lost four in a row now, which is pretty interesting. I don't see anybody else that's, that's got any chance to break through in the West other than those four teams. Do you? No, it's, it's those four teams. I have it basically as the Warriors and Suns is the top two right now. They're both excellent, excellent teams. Steph Curry is in a bit of a slump. He'll break out of that. Clay Thompson will get going, and that team's going to get really, really good again. And then you have the Utah Jazz. You mentioned their losing streak, but they've been without Rudy Gobert, who's kind of, you know, the key part that makes everything work for them defensively. They're getting him back as the three-time defensive player of the year. You know, without him and everything they've kind of built around him, it kind of falls apart defensively. They'll, that, that ship's about to get righted, and they'll be fine as long as he stays healthy and he's going to be out there on the court. And then the Grizzlies are legit. John Morant is an absolute superstar in the league. They've got depth. They're one of the better defenses in the league since they've gone on this incredible run where I think they're 20 and 4, something like that. You know, they've been one of the best defenses during that time. So you have a superstar depth defense and they're well coached. That is a good recipe to make some noise in the playoffs. And I think they're going to be a scary, scary team at that point in time. And then in terms of disappointments in the West, uh, Denver's getting there. They've just had the injuries that have crushed them. Clippers had the injuries that have crushed them. Blazers, obviously, injuries, and it's crushed them. But the one team that's most obviously disappointing is the Lakers. And this combination of older veteran, former star players, and the fact that Davis is out and missed a lot of games, that uh, certainly seems to be a, a, a tonic that has 
really left them as an also ran in the conference. They just had no margin for error. You know, they needed everything to go right. They're, they've kind of built a bit of a house of cards there in acquiring Anthony Davis and some of the subsequent moves. It got them an NBA title, so I think they're probably okay with it. But it was one of those things that, you know, if, if an injury happens to LeBron or AD, they were going to definitely fall. Russell Westbrook, you need things to go really well for him, and there's nights when he does that, but there's probably more nights where that doesn't happen. And it's kind of left them as, you know, one of those teams that will get into the playoffs. Certainly, they're not going to fall out. But I don't look at them as a true title contender. But it's LeBron James. You never know. He's playing at an incredible rate for being, what, 37 years old, I think. I'm not ready to, to bet against him just yet, but I don't see them as a title contender truly this season. So then the final question is about the play-in level. And the Western Conference is just nowhere near what it's been. The East is better this year, finally. And that's what enables the Pelicans to have a chance because the Clippers are in the eighth spot and they have a losing record. And we've all seen what the Pelicans have done against them this year. Pelicans are still four and a half out of the eighth spot, but they're, as you mentioned, they're only you know a half game out of the tenth spot, and that's Portland. And and they might be writing it off with the injuries they have and the fact that Lillard was unhappy anyway. So if I asked you today on January 14th just over the halfway mark at 42 games in, if the Pelicans are going to make that play-in level, you would say what? I'd say, yeah. You know, the 10th seed isn't that high of a bar to clear. You've got a couple of teams that are outright tanking in the Houston Rockets and the Oklahoma City Thunder. The Kings need a massive shakeup. They're going to really fall out of this, too. Portland's about to pack it all in. So so are the Los Angeles Clippers. You know, the path is very clear for New Orleans. You know, they they need to just take care of business, beat teams that they're better than. That's something they've been doing recently, too. So that's a big thing. I don't know truly if this team is good or not, but they're not the worst in the conference. That should be able to get them to the play-in tournament. They may make a move at the deadline that elevates them a little bit. Maybe we'll see Zion out there. Things are breaking right for them to at least kind of sniff the postseason. And I agree with you. I I think they're... Plenty good enough if they stay healthy to make the 10 spot, considering what the Western Conference is this year. You can follow him on Twitter, at Nola Jake. Of course, go to Locked On Pels and check out what he produces on a regular basis. It's outstanding. He's Jake Madison. Jake, listen, we really appreciate it. Happy belated New Year, and we look forward to see what's coming of this Pelicans team in 2022. Of course. Thanks for having me on, Ken. You bet. Jake Madison, good job again. Locked On Pels. Check it out. I guarantee you, you will find it to be interesting. You will find it to be informative. And I agree with Jake about maybe there's a move to be made. When you look at this expanded playoff system, and again, let me be very clear, I didn't like it when it happened. I still don't like it. But it's clearly beneficial to the Pelicans this year in a weakened conference, a conference that just doesn't have the depth that we're accustomed to seeing. So if you have a chance to take advantage of that, you have a chance to capture the market and get more fans interested, and they're starting to come out more now than they did for the first 25 games of the season, then you go make a move to get one piece that could make you better because, as Jake said, this team just doesn't have depth. Temple's not all that. Alvarado is not all that. Alexander Walker and Hayes are on and off. And Murphy has not been what you hoped he would be. So there's the lack of having that dependable guy that you can count on every night that's going to give you that productivity. 
I mean, we're not talking about Tyler Hero being maybe sixth man of the year. We're talking about a dependable, competent guy off the bench that gives you eight to ten every night, gets you a couple of assists and a few boards that you know is going to be productive. They really don't have that, so I think if they can find that one piece that fits and find that piece that fits in in terms of the chemistry too because I think this team has chemistry. I do think they like each other, and with all due respect to Lonzo Ball, I don't know if there was that absolute feeling with him other than with Zion Williamson who lobbied for him on the outside. I will say this. Wouldn't it be intriguing if you still had Drew Holiday with this team, with his overall ability and his relentless defense, along with the relentless defense of Herb Jones? What a nice perimeter defensive team you would have then, right? I have a little bit more of an issue with Holiday being gone than with Ball being gone, regardless of what Ball does in Chicago. But that's just my take on the entire situation. Your opinions are welcome. Again, the number to call is 504 260-1061, 260-1061. So that's our chat about the Pelicans. If you have anything about that, love to hear from you. When we return, following a brief timeout, we'll get into college basketball. Then we'll hit the NFL playoffs hard as well. Glad you're with us on this Friday night. By the way, three tailgaters show tomorrow morning. Ed Daniels and I will originate live from Francesca's, 515 Harrison Avenue in New Orleans. So if you want to come out, Get a good meal at Francesca's and come see Ed and I. We'd love to see you tomorrow morning, 10 a.m. until noon at Francesca's on Harrison Avenue. Great restaurant, great people. Look forward to Scott Craig spending a little time with us as well tomorrow morning. Hope you'll be there. Time out here, back in just a moment to talk about college basketball trending upward when we're talking about local and area teams. We'll do that in just a moment here on 106.1 FM Nash Icon. And on the web at NashFM1061.com. New Orleans Country, 106.1 Nash Icon is once again your home for New Orleans Privateers basketball. Tune in to Jude Young for all the action as UNO takes on top-rated college basketball teams, including local rivals and Southland Conference foes, in their quest to win championships and return to the NCAA tournament. All season long, set sail with the UNO Privateers on New Orleans Country 106.1 Nash Icon. Do you need employees? Cumulus Media is holding a virtual job fair. We're spending over $45,000 in advertising to promote it, and we want to help get you the employees you need. To be a part of this job fair, email nolasales at cumulus.com today as space is limited. That's nolasales at cumulus.com. NOLA sales at cumulus.com. Let us do the work to find you the employees you need. I'm Joel Clark, a select quote agent with a true story that could save you hundreds of dollars a year. A woman named Linda just called. Her husband, Ray, has a group life insurance policy, but is changing jobs and he can't take it with him. Well, I went to work and found Ray, who's 40 and takes medication to control his high blood pressure, a 10-year, $500,000 policy for only $19 a month. That's way more coverage for a lot less than what he was paying. If SelectQuote didn't shop for your life insurance, 
You're probably paying too much. For your free quote and to find out how much you can save, call 1-800-885-4646. That's 1-800-885-4646. 1-800-885-4646. Or go to selectquote.com. Since 1985, we shop, you save. Get full details on the example policies at selectquote.com slash commercials. Your premium could vary depending on your health, issuing company, and other factors. Not available in all states. This ad furnished by Nesmond Taju LLC. Offer not valid in all states or prohibited by law. Loans are subject to lender approval. See website for details. Honey, the credit card bill came and we're maxed out. Great. Maxed out cards, rent is due, bills are piling up. We just need some extra cash to help us get by. We should do what my brother did. He went to 27cash.com and got $3,000. With our bad credit? 27cash.com is different. They're one of the largest personal loan networks. They can help people with any type of credit get up to $5,000. I'm sure there's a lot of paperwork. Nope. My brother said it was fast and easy. He did it right from his phone. If you have a regular source of income, you can be approved for a loan of up to $5,000 in minutes and your cash can hit your bank account as soon as the next day. Our lenders have millions of dollars to lend regardless of your credit history. Great news. I went to 27cash.com and we'll have our money as soon as tomorrow. Wow, that is fast. If you need extra cash, go to 27cash.com. That's 27cash.com. 27cash.com. It's a brand new year, and there has never been a better time to buy the Harley-Davidson of your dreams. Zydeco Harley in Homa, Louisiana has over 100 Harleys available and is part of the largest Harley-Davidson dealer group in Louisiana with three stores and growing, 100% Louisiana-owned and operated. Zydeco Harley is now offering Warranty Forever. That's right, Warranty Forever is a powertrain warranty that covers all the internally lubricated parts for as long as you own the motorcycle and available on any new or used Harley-Davidson 2017 model or newer. And of course, you have to do all the manufacturer's required maintenance and services at the right intervals to keep the coverage in force. Zydeco state-of-the-art service center is available to take care of all those maintenance needs, as well as style and performance upgrades. This month at Zydeco Harley, receive 15% off any stage 1 through 4 performance upgrade. Our motor clothes department has added over 100,000 of the newest riding gear, helmets, gloves, boots, and Oakley eyewear to our showroom. Follow us on Facebook and online at ZydecoHD.com. Take the ride down the bayou. Zydeco Harley-Davidson in Homa, Louisiana. Tackle your worst cold and flu symptoms with Max Strength NyQuil Severe. The nighttime sniffling, sneezing, coughing, sore throat, stuffy head, aching fever, best sleep with a cold, medicine. Use as directed. Find it in the cold and flu aisle at a Walmart near you. This report is sponsored by BioNTech and Pfizer. Come rain or shine. High winds or mild breezes. Blue skies or gray. It's a great time to consider getting vaccinated against COVID-19. Sponsored by BioNTech and Pfizer. I'm Ken Trahan. Welcome to your daily sports report presented by CrescentCitySports.com. Make it two straight for the New Orleans Pelicans, who dominated from start to finish in a 113-89 win over the Clippers at Smoothie King Center Thursday night. Brandon Ingram led a balanced attack with 24 points. Jonas Valanciunas had 18 points and 16 boards. The Pelicans embark on a three-game East Coast road trip beginning in Brooklyn Saturday. In college basketball, Xavier swept Texas A&M Texarkana. The men won 72-57. The women won 60-48. And when 12-ranked LSU host Arkansas Saturday... The Razorbacks will be coached on an interim basis by Baton Rouge native Keith Smart, who replaces head coach Eric Musselman, who had shoulder surgery. Football news, LSU starting right guard Chase Anais declares for the NFL draft. LSU adds Penn State running back Noah Kane, a Baton Rouge native, along with defensive back Greg Brooks, a West Jefferson product, in the transfer portal from Arkansas. The latest coaching casualty in the NFL, Houston's David Culley, fired by the Texans. College baseball, six LSU players on the 2022 perfect game list of top 100 college sophomores, including Dylan Cruz ranked number one overall, Jacob Berry, Trey Morgan, Jordan Thompson, 
Javen Coleman and Ty Floyd. For these stories and more, visit CrescentCitySports.com. Have a blessed weekend and be a good sport. For CrescentCitySports.com, I'm Ken Trahan. Now's the time. What's on your mind? Time to express your thoughts by calling Ken Trahan of CrescentCitySports.com and all access on 1061 Nash Icon and at NashFM1061.com. Call 504-260-1061. Very good piece at CrescentCitySports.com by Lenny Van Gilder about college basketball. Of course, we'll get into the NFL playoffs, but when you look at men's college basketball, it's pretty special. There's a lot to watch in our neck of the woods, and tomorrow is a big day, not just in the NFL playoffs, but in college basketball throughout the area. Starting off at 1 p.m., you got... Two big games to contemplate. First of all, you've got Tulane playing very well in the American Athletic Conference, hosting SMU in a battle for second place in the American Athletic Conference. Tulane with a big 68-67 win over Wichita State Wednesday to get to 4-1 in the conference. Just behind Houston, a half game ahead of SMU in the league. And obviously, it's been really good watching Jalen Forbes and Jalen Cook as a good one-two punch for Ron Hunter's Green Wave on the year. At the same time, in Baton Rouge at the Maravich Assembly Center, the LSU Tigers, now 15-1, and 3-1 in the SEC, will host Arkansas in a big game. Arkansas's coach, Musselman, Eric Musselman is out with a shoulder injury. Baton Rouge native Keith Smart will coach the team in his stead in his hometown, which will be very interesting. And to see how that affects the Arkansas squad, which is always a great matchup with LSU. LSU was really presented with a very tough early season schedule. Tigers have handled it so far to get the three and one, beating Kentucky and Tennessee at home and then going to Florida and winning at Gainesville without Xavier Pinson and losing two starters in the game. Fantastic gut check win for LSU. Shot 50% of that game and overcame a tremendous disparity in fouls and in free throws in that contest to win the game. So really special Will Wade's team looking really good. Then in New Orleans is a big game as well at 4 p.m. at Lakefront Arena because you're talking about two teams that are certainly in contention for the Southland Conference title as the New Orleans Privateers host Nichols. The opening day of Southland Conference regular season play. These are the top two teams in the preseason poll in the conference. And yet, the tip-off tournament for the league in Katy, Texas last week was not won by either one. That was won by Southeastern Louisiana. They beat the Colonels 77-72 in the championship game. UNO lost and then won twice, lost in double overtime to McNeese, won twice, including a two-point win over Northwestern State. So that's big stuff. Meanwhile, the Loyola Wolfpack with protocols postponing games, not playing this weekend. They thought they were, but protocols canceled. They'll next be up on January 22nd at home against William Carey. Back in the den, which is great for the Wolfpack. They've been displaced most of the year, but what a team they are. What a season they've had, 16-0, ranked number one in the nation in the NAIA poll. And speaking of the NAIA poll, Xavier is number 19, and the goal rush will host Wiley on Saturday. No spectators because of the Omicron surge. So it's going to be a great weekend for college basketball here in New Orleans and in southeast Louisiana that everyone will get a chance to check out. 
Get your fix. It's worth it. These are good programs, good results, and some good things to come in college basketball. We'll take a time out here. It's 260-1061, 504-260-1061. Trahan with you. We'll continue in a moment with more of All Access. The NFL playoffs next up on the agenda here on 106.1 FM, Nash Icon, and on the web at NashFM1061.com. This view was worth a hike. Right? And it's a good way to stay on top of my health. Yes, I'm Cologuard, a prescription colon cancer screening option for people 45 plus at average risk. Have you screened for colon cancer? Not yet. Don't wait. It's more treatable when caught in early stages. Tell me more. Cologuard is non-invasive and it's used at home. It detects altered DNA in your stool to find 92% of colon cancers. 92%? Yep, even those in early stages. This was seen in a clinical study with patients 50 and older. Any positive results should be followed by a diagnostic colonoscopy. False positive and negative results may occur. Cologuard is not a replacement for colonoscopy in high-risk patients. Do not use if you have had adenomas, have inflammatory bowel disease and certain hereditary syndromes, or a personal or family history of colon cancer. Most insured patients pay $0. Ask your provider or an online prescriber if Cologuard is right for you. Or visit Cologuard.com. I'm in. Susan, it's so great to finally be able to get together again. Oh, it sure is. And I really appreciate you picking up the bill. I'm happy to. I've got the extra cash. Since we've all been driving so much more again, I've been using GetUpside, the free gas app that pays you cash back for every gallon of gas you buy. Wait a minute. Are you saying you actually get paid cash when you buy gas with the GetUpside app? Yes, up to 25 cents a gallon. Cash back every time I buy gas. Does that actually add up to anything? Some months I make 200 to 300 bucks. Wow, that's serious extra cash. I'm downloading the free GetUpside app now. Download the free GetUpside app now in the App Store or Google Play to save up to 25 cents a gallon when you buy gas. Use promo code TIME for a 25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. That's up to 50 cents a gallon on your next fill-up. You can cash out anytime to PayPal or an e-gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free GetUpside app and use promo code TIME for a 25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code TIME. Tackle your worst cold and flu symptoms with Max Strength NyQuil Severe. The nighttime sniffling, sneezing, coughing, sore throat, stuffy head, aching fever, best sleep with a cold, medicine. Use as directed. Find it in the cold and flu aisle at a Walmart near you. This report is sponsored by Macy's. This week at Macy's, get an extra 20% off with your coupon or Macy's card. That's on top of already great winter deals on coats and jackets for him and her. Relaxing massagers and designer pillows now at Macy's. Savings off sale and clearance prices. Exclusions apply. This is Josh Danzig with Where You At Magazine and the newly relaunched WhereYouAt.com with your weekend picks for 106.1 Nash Icon. This Friday at the House of Blues, it's the 2022 Beatles Fest playing the Let It Be album live. And Saturday night, it's Tank and the Bangas live with the LPO at the Orpheum Theater with special guest PJ Morton. For more info on what to do this weekend, log on to the newly relaunched whereyat.com and click on the community calendar. And be sure to pick up the new issue of Where You At Magazine in locations all over town. Cumulus New Orleans. Incredible service and excellent results. New Orleans is always number one with Cumulus Radio and Digital. This is where you get all access. Not just the focus on one or two topics. All sports are on the table with your calls at all times. 
Join us now by calling 260-1061. Now back to Ken Trahan on 1061 Nash Icon through CrescentCitySports.com and at NashFM1061.com. NFL playoffs, long card weekend, of course. Exciting, a lot of games, a lot to talk about. Tomorrow, first out of the gate will be the Las Vegas Raiders at Cincinnati to play the Bengals at 3.30, our time. Bengals are favored by five and a half at home. The line has been established there and it's 48 and a half points is the, the point total. Bengals given a 67.5% chance to win the game. Raiders have Darren Waller, makes a difference. Raiders won big last week over San, over San Diego, over Los Angeles, I knew I'd say that. But did they extend themselves too much? And then have a short week, that favors Cincinnati. Bengals are at home, but the Bengals at home are not good defensively at all. And a whole bunch of points are scored at Paul Brown Stadium. The Bengals did win at Las Vegas this year. Neither team with real playoff experience. So there's that also. And two basically young coaches, Biasachi filling in, and of course, Zach Taylor. A tough game to pick. I'm gonna go with the Bengals, but I think it's gonna be close. I think this is a three or four point game. So I go with the Bengals and maybe take the Raiders in the points. New England at Buffalo. We've seen this twice already, haven't we? Bills are favored by four and a half. The weather's gonna be dreadful. Five degrees, 13 to 16 mile an hour winds. Last time they played in Buffalo, New England ran it three times and won the game. They'll follow the same script, try to shorten the game. New England's not been the same team in recent weeks. They've really kind of petered out of late. Plus, Mac Jones has been very good at home and not so good on the road. Only six touchdown passes to go with six interceptions. So, with Josh Allen at home and the weather, I like the Bills. I think they're the better team. And I like Buffalo to win this game by seven, so I'd lay the four and a half in that one. The line is 44 points, by the way, in this game. The game's on Sunday. Philadelphia, Tampa Bay, that's the first game at noon. We all know the Buccaneers don't have Antonio Brown, but they have Tom Brady. They might have Leonard Fournette. Stay tuned, eight and a half point favorite over the Eagles. Eagles need to run the ball. If they run the ball well, they have a chance. If they don't, they have no chance. Tampa Bay is good against the run. Tampa Bay is good at home. 77.4% chance to win the game. I like Tampa Bay to win the game and to cover by 10 or more in that one. The next game up is the 3.30 game Sunday. San Francisco at Dallas. Many are pointing to this as a potential upset game. Cowboys at home are a three-point favorite in the contest. The over-under is 49.5 points. Dallas with a 63.9% chance to win. I think the 49ers have a great chance to win. If they can run the ball effectively, not put the whole game on Garoppolo, who although you worry about that, he's come through in some key situations. So I think the 49ers have a legitimate chance in this game. I would take, if I did anything, I'd take the 49ers in the points, although I'd like to see that get to three and a half and not three. Then a late game, Pittsburgh at Kansas City, the biggest favorite of the weekend. The Chiefs at home, two straight years to the Super Bowl. They're 12 and a half point favorites. Handle the Steelers in the regular season. I see no reason uh, to believe they won't do this again with the Steelers' limitations on offense. Think this is Ben Roethlisberger's last game to a brilliant career. Chiefs with a 75.9% chance to win the game. I like the Chiefs to win this game by 14 or more at home and to move on in the playoffs. And then finally, the Monday night game. That's right, a Monday night playoff game. Haven't seen that before. But we've seen the game before because it's Arizona and Los Angeles to play the Rams, division rivals. They split during the regular season. 
Rams are a four-point favor. The over-under is 49.5 points. Rams are 58.1% favorites to win the game, but will they? Matt Stafford, you can't be confident in what he's done most recently. But then there's Arizona. They started off the season like a house of fire. They just haven't been that good down the stretch. They haven't had Watt. They haven't had Hopkins. That's made a difference, obviously. Can the Cardinals play back to that form? They got a win last week. The Rams didn't. So there's that, too. But the Rams are at home, and they're all in with the investments they made across the board. They got Beckham for a reason. They invested in the defense. They brought back Eric Waddle to try to fill a hole in the secondary. And as I mentioned, they're at home. And I don't have a lot of confidence in Arizona with the way it's played recently and with a young coach in Cliff Kingsbury who's not been there before. Sean McVay has been there. And he's taking his team to a Super Bowl. And I'm not a big fan of the Rams going all the way, but I certainly look to be a fan of them winning this game over Arizona. These rematch games are tough, especially the third time around, but I like the Rams to win the game by six, which means they would cover as well. That's my look at the NFL playoffs. My take on it, 260-1061 for you to voice your opinion. One final timeout, back with a final word. Let me continue in a moment with all access here on 1061 FM. Nash Icon and on the web, we're at NashFM1061.com. This week at Macy's, get an extra 20% off with your coupon or Macy's card. That's on top of already great winter deals, like 50 to 60% off coats and jackets for him and for her. Unwind with a new Zumi massager, now 50% off. And wake up refreshed with 60% off designer pillows. Plus, Star Rewards members earn on every purchase, except gift cards, services, and fees. Savings off sale and clearance prices. Exclusions apply. Well, I started my own restaurant because I love to cook. But that also means a lot of greasy pots and pans. And we can't waste time with endless sink changeovers. So we upgraded to Dawn Professional Pot and Pan. Dawn Professional cleans 58% more pots and pans per sink than the leading competitor. Less dish soap, fewer changeovers, and more time doing what we love. Dawn Professional. It's clean. Upgraded. From P&G Professional. Come join us at Old New Orleans Cookery, 205 Bourbon Street. Open late, serving lunch and dinner seven days a week. Have an extraordinary cocktail while enjoying authentic Cajun Creole cuisine in our dining rooms or our beautiful courtyard. Two Bourbon Street balconies with adjoining private rooms to dine in or have your next event. Bring your family or friends for a wonderful dining experience. Old New Orleans Cookery is perfect for date night. Order online for delivery at nolacookery.com. It's always a great time on Bourbon Street at Old New Orleans Cookery. Not a lender. Offer not valid in all states or are prohibited by law. Loan availability and amounts are subject to lender approval and not all consumers qualified. Terms and conditions apply. See website and lender for details. Wait, wait, wait. Tell me where'd you get that money? Oh, this? Oh, man. All oh, this money came from 33money.com. Right online. Are you saying you went to 33money.com and got all that money you needed fast? Man, you know it. I went to 33money.com yesterday and bam, five grand was in my account today. Now, now hold on. 33money.com helped you get 5K like that. Yeah, man. That's right. 33money.com's lenders provide personal loans for up to $5,000 for people like you and me, even if you don't have good credit. Man, I'm always short on cash. Can 33money.com give me the money I need fast? If you need extra money fast, go to 33money.com. Just have a checking account and a regular source of income. Go to 33money.com and you can get the loan you need now. 
regardless of your credit, go to 33money.com to get the money you need fast. Type www.33money.com directly into the address bar. That's 33money.com. Again, 33money.com. 33money.com. It's a brand new year, and there has never been a better time to buy the Harley Davidson of your dreams. Zydeco Harley in Homa, Louisiana has over 100 Harleys available and is part of the largest Harley Davidson dealer group in Louisiana with three stores and growing, 100% Louisiana owned and operated. Zydeco Harley is now offering Warranty Forever. That's right, Warranty Forever is a powertrain warranty that covers all the internally lubricated parts for as long as you own the motorcycle and available on any new or used Harley Davidson 2017 model or newer. And of course, you have to do all the manufacturer's required maintenance and services at the right intervals to keep the coverage in force. Zydeco State-of-the-Art Service Center is available to take care of all those maintenance needs, as well as style and performance upgrades. This month at Zydeco Harley, receive 15% off any Stage 1 through 4 performance upgrade. Our motor clothes department has added over 100,000 of the newest riding gear, helmets, gloves, boots, and Oakley eyewear to our showroom. Follow us on Facebook and online at ZydecoHD.com. Take the ride down the bayou. Zydeco Harley-Davidson in Homa, Louisiana. Do you need employees? Cumulus Media is holding a virtual job fair. We're spending over $45,000 in advertising to promote it, and we want to help get you the employees you need. To be a part of this job fair, email nolasales at cumulus.com today, as space is limited. That's nolasales at cumulus.com. nolasales at cumulus.com. Let us do the work to find you the employees you need. Always welcoming and 